a brand has the opportunity to be that human connection so many people need. So context and relevancy saying this is September, this is what's happening, describing their life right now makes you actually be helpful. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 357. And today we're going to talk about a tried and true strategy that's proven to bring sales in the door. And that's email marketing. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expert-based entrepreneurs. And today we're stepping into the email zone and I've got a lovely, super talented guest joining us today. I was thinking about the conversation that I had with this guest about email marketing and everything she shares is so valuable It was such an insightful conversation. And interestingly, I have found that so many of my clients, when they come into the 100K Authority Accelerator or they come into Ignite Mastermind, this is a dormant opportunity for them. They are not staying consistently present in their email, via email to their communities. And so We all know we need to build a list. We all know we need to develop our own audience and build a connection. But if you're not regularly emailing your community, this is absolutely a powerful conversation you've got to tune into. And email is part of how we move people from being interested to being intrigued and invested in working with us. And I found that when you really understand all seven of the key frameworks you need to have in place in your business to be successful, to have a greater reach, to impact more lives, and to make consistently good money with your superpower, your business is going to feel so much more fun. It's going to be so much more powerful, and it's going to grow almost like it's on autopilot. And this framework that I teach, it's called uh, the seven key frameworks that will allow you to add another $100,000 to your business. This blueprint, if you will, is the same thing I've used over and over and over again. How I attract the leads, how I attract people into my business, how I move them to wanting to work with me, and how I make sure that my authority in the world is clear and my ideal clients recognize I am an expert in certain areas. So when they're ready to solve those problems, they're going to say yes to me. Now, if you don't yet have this framework, it's absolutely free. It's my gift to you. Head over right now to amplifywithmelanie.com. And if this is really speaking to you, watch for the instructions on how to book a fast track session. It's complimentary right now but I can help you uncover three dormant authority accelerators already in your business that if you focus on them, it will transform your business and help you add more income to your bottom line each month. Okay, amplifywithmelanie.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, amplifiers. I've got a special guest joining us today. We're talking about how to get comfortable selling courses through email marketing. Now, I want to introduce you to my guest. Her name is Monica Badu, and she is a conversion copywriter, 
helping some of the world's largest course creators. She shares how to drive seven figures in revenue through courses and customer using customer-centric copywriting and email marketing. With more than 25,000 hours, that's a lot, 25,000 hours of hands-on marketing experience over the last 13 years, the biggest source or the biggest course creators in the world hire her to optimize their email marketing efforts. She has a passion for writing engaging and compelling emails and funnel pages that prioritize value over pressure, which results in driving conversions and building long-lasting relationships with audiences. Simple, but no bullshit and non-spammy spammy copy that sells. Sorry, my eyes are still warming up today, apparently. <laughs> but Monica, I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you for bringing your wisdom to the show today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love email marketing and I'm super excited about showing people that you can sell without being annoying. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to me how many people that are so talented, we might call them our authorities in the world, and they're not really leveraging email marketing. They either aren't mailing their list, they're not building a list, they're not being consistent, they're not seeing the value that we're going to explore today. So that's why I'm kind of excited. It's like I think we're going to inspire a lot of people to up their game here and to do it, like you said, in a way that feels good to people. I think so. Go ahead. I think it's. It all goes back to just the essentials. You're a human being. You respect other human beings. And that's how you sell with your email marketing. It's a normal conversation. Yeah. Well, I guess I want to start with, let's just lean into this conversation about why more course creators, and we could probably lump coaches and consultants and anybody who's got a program that they want to sell online. Um, Why do you think they are not emailing or or getting the benefits out of their email marketing? Well, it's a couple of things. First of all, many of them are just wearing multiple hats. So they don't really have the time or resources to learn email marketing or to kind of bypass, you know, the idea that this is going to be very difficult. The other thing is when you hoard resources, You're kind of afraid to use them. And that's the case with lots of people who get many, many subscribers, but they are actually afraid to email them thinking something bad's going to happen. My email list, they're just going to unsubscribe. I'm going to get hate email. I'm going to get spam complaints. So they just end up, you know, having a really good resource that is unused and that grows stale every week. You're not using it. And the third thing, This is a mindset issue and it's this whole thing about what it means to sell. Like if you sell something, that makes you the bad guy. And there's been in the marketing industry for a long time, we've had this, let's call it misconception. It's enough to deliver free value and people are just going to buy. That works only to some extent. It's not going to work long term. So it's all these three things combined. But once you do do the work and you see what's possible when you can do email marketing in a way that feels like it's a natural extension of who, who you are as a brand and 
as a human being, you are kind of able to go beyond those fears. And it happens to people in all industries of all business stages, even people who have like lots of really good, uh, you know, expertise and reputation and have a really good trust factor, even they are scared of all of those three things. Yeah, I think as a rule, whether we call it scared or there's resistance, right? Like we have this internal conflict about what it means to sell. I I would say there's so many people that are holding their ability to impact others and make money um, because of this kind of the conflicted, fearful energy about what it means to sell, right? Yes. It's also what they see happening in their inbox. So mm-hmm. a lot of the emails we get nowadays, you're let's not call them crap, but they're not respectful of your time, attention, or uh, money. So it's kind of like, hey, I decided I want to sell something and I'm going to sell you something and I'm going to use fear-mongering tactics and I'm going to make you feel bad about yourself as a human because I have something you're lacking And I'm also going to present it in a way that it's going to magically solve all your problems. So when you see what it means as an industry to sell something through email, you kind of don't want to use those tactics. You don't want to associate your brand to that level of being salesy. And because that's kind of the normal standard, everybody thinks that's how you're supposed to do it. And here I come saying, no, you don't have to be that person. Yeah, I love this. I, there's a um, constant conversation amongst many of the, what we might call them like more influential voices in my in my um, industry, where are you a marketer that offers coaching or courses, <laughs> or are you a coach or a course creator that markets to grow your business? And I think what happens is a lot of people are, following marketers and they're seeing their marketing tactics and the what we might consider more manipulative and hypey and salesy approach and they're like oh my gosh like that does not feel good I don't want to do that when they don't realize people like you are teaching us how to market as a coach create a coach or a course creator in a way that feels good and it's so compelling and so irresistible to the people experience and what a differentiator right yeah, there couldn't plus, be a more powerful brand differentiator than to market with soul and with like this more authentic energy. Exactly, I love that. It's exactly that market with soul, and I think, and I don't. I'm gonna trigger some people saying this, but I see it as a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So if you have a large following online, you have people on YouTube following you, Instagram, TikTok, on your email list, whatever. And you're teaching them about something, but you're not coaching them to get to the point where they can experience the next level with you. They are going to use your free content and they're going to go to somebody else, maybe even like competitors who are using your audience to create lookalike audiences. So they're actually selling to your audience. So you're warming them up. You're talking about the problem. You're giving some solution but they're buying from somebody else. And that person might not have the same respect, care, or interest in helping your audience actually solve a problem 
in a way that feels good for them. They're just interested in making the money. I feel like this is a mic drop moment. It's like, boom. <laughs> this is... I don't want to. I don't want to drop my mic. I just no, we're not actually going to drop the microphones. They're too expensive. But this is those moments where, as you're listening in, I want you to rewind. If you were maybe multitasking or that didn't sink in, I want you to rewind. I want you to listen to that again because that is why I do what I do. This is why I bring guests like Monica onto the show, is because we it is time to up level the way. We show up as powerful leaders and people with a, a a solution that can transform the world in a positive way. And this is how we pull that off. And how we take care of ourselves in the process. Okay, Monica, let's go a little deeper. I love this conversation. I want to talk a little bit more about what we call the email list, the subscriber list. And I would love to hear your take on this. I know I know what my answer would be, but I want to hear your expertise here. Like, what are some of the common mistakes these course creators and coaches are making with their email list? So one of the most common ones would be not being regular about their emails. So, you know, you send one email this week, then the next week you send three emails and then next month you send nothing. And then Black Friday comes and you send 10 emails. So all that inconsistency, it's not just affecting your sales. It's actually impacting your brand recognition. And this happens to me a lot because I go in my inbox, I have like 30,000 emails. <laughs> and then once a week I go and I clean stuff. And it's like, who's this person? I don't know, unsubscribe. If I go in my inbox and I look for the history of how many emails I got from that person, and I see that this year I got three emails from them, it's unsubscribe. People don't remember. There are so many things happening. They can't remember everything in their inbox or who you are if you don't, if you're not frequent about your emails. The other thing is not segmenting. So not everybody on your email list is equal. Some people are interested only in specific topics. Their problems are very um, visible in relation to something you teach, but they don't care about anything else. So you need to have that segmentation to allow them to just consume the content that they're interested in. And you will email them only when you have something to say that pertains to what they're interested in. This also goes back to having a segment of people who are engaged and unengaged. And that's something that impacts deliverability. And it's a more technical thing, but it's still one of the one of the main mistakes. And the last one I want to mention today is cramming everything in one email. So that gives me like it makes me sick when I open an email and I see like I have to scroll. 10 times and it's like here are 10 different blog posts and here's my podcast and here are three products and here's a testimonial there's too much stuff like human attention span is now lower than a goldfish which means you only have a few seconds to catch my attention and redirect it to something that's important if i don't feel like my time is valuable when i read your message I'm not going to associate your brand with something that I need to pay attention to. Yeah, 
It's so true. As you're talking, I was just thinking for me, and I don't email my list every day. I know a lot of people do. I email my list like two to three times a week. And I know that what to me it feels like is this is one of the ways that I can build a relationship with you as a subscriber when we're not having some kind of regular connection point, right? And so rather than like I'm promoting or I I I don't like the word um doing an email blast, like I feel like we're we're like creating a relationship, we're adding value, we're letting people know about things that they may not find out about any other way. And to me, that's what goes into the energy of writing each email. And it kind of helps me shift the perspective about how I write it and how I make sure what I'm delivering is valuable on the other end. You know, sometimes when you're sharing a resource that you're involved in or, you know, you're helping to promote somebody else, like, you know, the value proposition is a little bit like, okay, what is the thing that I can pull out of this that's valuable for my list? Um, so those were great insights about mistakes. And so as you're listening in, I just want you to check in with yourself and notice how many of those mistakes are you making? And like, would you be willing to do it differently if you knew that this is how you were going to get your community that you've been cultivating to stop like suffering and to step in to you being able to help them solve a problem? by changing the way you email. All right, Monica, let's go a little deeper. Let's answer the question is probably on everyone's mind right now. Okay, Monica, so I need to email my list regularly. I need to be willing to invite them to do something about their problem. How do I do that without being salesy or or feeling like I'm promoting too much and they're going to just get off my list because they're feeling annoyed? Like, how do I do this without that bad energy that nobody wants to feel you just make it about the user so <laughs> and this goes back to something you said when you create a course a product a service you create it because presumably you have some kind of market research and you know that you are solving a real problem that a specific group of people has that's your why. That's why you're doing this business, right? You want to offer value. You want to solve that solution. This implies that you will know everything there is to know about your audience, their problems, what are the obstacles they face in solving that problem, what are the myths, misconceptions, what else they have tried, where they have failed, how have other people maybe misled them to believe that there are solutions that can fix the problem overnight. Only then you're ready to talk about your solution. So in doing this, you're not just offering value, you're offering a point of connection. You're positioning your brand as somebody who really cares because you're not selling until very late in the actual emails. Because the way I see it, you're creating a journey. So you have an email, a series of emails, and you say, okay, it's September. What can we talk about in September that pertains to my audience, the problem, and the solution? How can I offer value to my audience in September in a way that is con contextually relevant to them, actually important, and helps them gain value? Because every email, if, they, if I get their attention, I want that every email opens, I don't know, a new perspective, 
gives them something like, hey, I wasted 30 seconds reading this email, but I gained a new perspective. So you walk them to a point where they are ready to look into your solution. You're not just saying, hey, it's September and I have a sale. No, it's September. This is what's happening. You're describing the problem. You're showing how that problem impacts other aspects of their life, relationship, career, health, sleep, whatever it is. Then you give them a small example of what they can do right now to find relief. Only then you can start to talk about, well, other solutions imply if you need more guidance and it's a whole like complicated, well, not complicated, complex, let's call it complex email journey, which can be as long as you want it to be and obviously as salesy or as direct as you want it to be. But mainly it's about offering your reader a different perspective about the problem they have and actually taking them by hand and guiding them through these are the other options you have. If you struggle to lose weight and you tried diets and those didn't work, what else can you do? Boom. Love it. So true. You used a word in there that's one of my favorite words and that was relevant. And I think where so many people go awry is they don't know how to really like bridge between what they know they have to give and what's relevant to their audience. And so <laughs> that's why it's not landing. And that's why I think many people aren't getting better results in any way they use their message. So I'm glad you're bringing that into this conversation today. Yeah. What is? I just want to add something else, which I think yeah. is very important and it ties back into context and relevancy. We live in an age where we apparently are super connected to each other. But the reality of things is that we live alone in isolation. We don't really connect to other people. We don't really talk to other people. Meaning a brand has the opportunity to be that human connection so many people need. Mm -hmm. So context and relevancy saying this is September, this is what's happening, describing their life right now makes you actually be helpful, supportive instead of salesy, aggressive, and all of those things that we associate with selling through email. Well said. I agree. So I would love to hear what is the most impactful change someone could make with their email marketing strategy that will help them make more sales? I think it's um, one point email journeys. So a lot of people in their emails, they tend to talk about 10 different things at the same time, meaning that I spend my time reading your email, but I don't really get that much out of it. You're not really solving any problem. So the way I've been doing it is I have three context-based emails. They're very value-based. I don't sell anything in those. And those prepare the audience for moving into a stage where they would be able to listen to what you have to say about the offer but the reality of things is that even if they don't buy that's not a problem because you've already done your job in offering value value to your um audience in a way that is memorable so let's say um i'm actually like my uh, my daughter starts kindergarten next monday 
So if you are someone who helps moms in this situation, then what you could do right now is send a series of emails that says, hey, in like five days, your kid starts kindergarten. And I'm sure you have so many emotions and anxiety and you're worried that she's not going to be able to adapt, that she's going to cry. So here's what I'm going to do for you. Over the next few days, I'm going to help you navigate this emotional time, making sure that you get the emotional sturdiness or resilience to navigate whatever comes next, because you're a mom and you're going to do a kick-ass job. Open my next email, which is going to teach you about the triggers, the feelings that are triggered by your kid going to kindergarten. So in my next email, I'm going to explain maybe about, I know, childhood stuff or whatever, maybe give a meditation an exercise that would help the reader identify those triggers and better know themselves. Third email, again, something useful. And then with my fourth email, I'm going to say, so over the last few days, you learned how your own childhood abandonment, trauma, or attachment wounds are actually um, taking the toll on your job as a mom. There's so much more that's happening in your everyday life, even your finances, career, relationship that ties back to your experiences as a child. If you want to get to the bottom of that, if you want to learn more, this is my course or this is my service and this is how it works. You'll find everything you need on this page. And that's it. You don't do more in that email. You don't mention the discount. You don't say... I don't know, other people just like you tried it. You're just now trying to connect the dots. So mm -hmm. that's an example of a one-point email journey where you solve a specific problem, it's context, it's relevant, it's valuable, and it's helpful. Love it. I love it. Okay, before we wrap up, and this has been so good, it's like we're we're bringing a framework to our amplifiers that is is actually very doable. It's it's actionable. It's something that you can start doing today to shift the energy and the results with your emails. And I'd love to hear, by the way, uh, wherever you're listening to this, or if you are connected with me and Monica on social media, um, like tag us where you're where you're listening to this and tell us like what you put into action. I really want to hear. But I want to just talk about one more thing. And this is something I think that's getting a lot more awareness. I think people, there's a lot of misinformation now about like email marketing um, rules and how to stay out of email jail, right? And getting your domain flagged as a spammer and blacklisted and all the things, which by the way, I went through, I've debated of whether or not I should unpack everything I learned uh, in my very expensive and painful email marketing uh, debacle. And I wasn't even doing anything wrong. We just had a little tech uh, glitch. But I would love to hear like just the quick 411 on, oh, I'm sorry, that's an American term, by the way, 411 is info, on is it true that if you send a lot of emails, that it can get you in that email jail or get your domain flagged for spam with the the email uh, what should we call them? Uh, the email Algorithm. gods, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> or email gods. It yeah. kind of depends on what you've been doing before sending all those frequent emails. Mm -hmm. If you're doing any segmentation, you know, engaged, unengaged. If, if you're cleaning your list regularly, 
if you're regular about how many times you're sending emails in a month, what you're sending. So it's not an easy answer and it kind of depends from brand to brand. But yes, in theory, if you're not cleaning your list, you're not regular about sending those emails, you're not using different segments, yeah, you, you can be flagged. So what I'm hearing is there are some foundational pieces that need to go with your email marketing strategy, like regular, regularly cleaning out people who don't ever open your emails and making sure that you are having a consistent email practice. Because if you don't, that's a red flag when all of a sudden you're sending emails that you haven't been sending for a while. So is that something that you help people with or is that just something that they need to be aware of uh, as part of their email marketing strategy? Well, it's something I usually ask whenever I get a new client and I want to see their numbers and their email list health. And if it's bad, I'm going to suggest a few things that they can do first. Some parts like related to copy and segmenting, I can help with other parts like the technical bits that's up to the professionals and it's it can be easy it can be difficult it depends on your specific situation and my suggestion like the best thing you can do is make sure you clean up your list at least twice a year yeah and by the way if your email opens are under 10 percent it's probably worth looking at cleaning your list. That's usually, at least in my way of looking at it, a sign that you need to kind of cull out the unopens because your your deliverability is getting dragged down, in my opinion. I, I don't know if you agree with that, Monica. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. By the way, when we cleaned our list, just as a side, uh, we went from having around an average of 12% opens to an average of 70% opens. So it does make a huge impact. Okay. So I know you have a great resource to share and I just want to kind of tee this up for you a little bit, Monica, because to me, this is one of the three single most important things you do with an email and doing this well can get you from, you know, of low open rate to a higher open rate. Monica, share what your resource is for our Amplifier community. So I created a huge list of subject lines for your emails. And I'm talking about promo emails, sales emails that have usually done really well in my experiments. And you can get it at monicabadiu.com slash freebie. And it's yours for free. And I update it twice a year. Right now we have like 93 subject lines in there. But probably in January, it's going to be 150. So oh, wow. It's, it's growing and I email people when I update it. Yes. Oh, lovely. So we will link that up in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, you can just look in the resources section and there should be a link to grab it. And I highly recommend that you download this resource and by the way, if you if you struggle with email marketing, just go get whatever Monica offers because having this worked out and it not being something that's dragging your energy, but literally having a strategy you can just work, it's so it, it like takes the pressure off and it at like literally I have had clients get a like a great copywriter and get a great template series 
And they went from making no sales ever in their list to having like a $5,000 or $10,000 a month. It is a huge, huge win to get this strategy worked out in your business. So thank you, Monica, for sharing that resource. The subject lines are one of the best places to start overhauling your emails. All right, Monica, mm -hmm. this is the time in the show where I like to ask just a fun questions as we wrap up. What would you say is the boldest thing you ever did that ended up amplifying the success of your business? In 2016, I gave up on my really cozy office job, really glamorous actually, because I was doing marketing and PR for a luxury fashion designer and I was traveling all over the world and was working like fancy, expensive fabrics and, you know, setting up catwalks and launching uh, collections. So it was awesome, but I gave that up and decided to become an entrepreneur full-time. Wow. And everybody was like, are you nuts? Are you insane? How how are you giving this up? And since then, I've never had an office job. I've been working remote since 2016 and a few years before that. And it was insane because I, I did it when, you know, nobody thought it could be done better or it could be better. And over the last few years, I've achieved many of my dreams and I've actually worked with some amazing clients, like people who are just doing things in their own way and they're doing something awesome. And it was a pleasure and an amazing thing. And it has helped uh, grow me personally more than financially, I would say. I think that's where the actual success is in. Well, I always say that being your own boss as an entrepreneur is one of the top three best personal development courses on the planet, right? That's <laughs> uh, owning your own business, uh, being married and having children, uh, top personal development courses you can enroll in as a human being. So you are definitely, it sounds like you're in at least two of the three. Oh, it's three out of three. Oh, three out of three. Well, you you're like me. You're you're completely immersed in your personal development. Awesome. But it's true. Like who we become as business owners, what we have to learn about ourselves to be the person who can pull off higher levels of success. It's extraordinary. Like sometimes we didn't even realize we could be that person. I love doing that work with clients. It's my favorite. Uh, what is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Mm, good one. Deciding to specialize on something because um, over those 25,000 hours of experience, I've done everything in marketing that you can imagine from, I know, AdWords copy to designing websites, sending emails, designing the emails, doing social media, creating marketing materials for leaflets and all of that. So um, I wish... I had the courage to specialize sooner because if I did that, now I would be speaking on stages at international marketing conferences. Well, it's funny you say that because I do believe the specializing is one of those triggers that moves you from kind of like being a best kept secret, <clears throat> being somebody's like secret weapon to being a well-known authority that's landing these higher ticket opportunities. That's, I mean, that's why I do my programs. And it's true. Like that one little thing can make a huge difference. 
that was definitely easier for me to do in order to scale like what I was earning uh, per project or per client. Because when I was the unicorn, the person that was good at everything, it was really hard to assign a value on each of the things I knew. And it was very frustrating because I could never say, well, I'm the best or one of the best at this specific thing. So with specializing, I was able to just focus on only the things I loved and copywriting and email marketing combine marketing, entrepreneurship, and psychology with consumer behavior and economics theory, all things that I love and thrive on. So being able to have all of that under like one hat makes it a lot easier to just say, this is who I am, this is what I'm good at, and this is how I can help you. Well, that's exactly what I get about you. Like, that you have brought all your superpowers into this very essential skill set that so many people struggle with. So well done, you. (laughs) Well done. Well, good positioning on your authority. Monica, this has been a very enlightening conversation. And I love that you're doing this work in the world. And I love knowing that you're a resource out there that I know so many course creators and coaches need that extra little help in the email marketing side. So as you're listening in, If this is not your superpower, I highly recommend, or even if it is, and you want to get even better at it, I highly recommend that you go get Monica's great resource, the 93 subject lines to help you make more sales. And uh, we've linked that up in the show notes for you. So you can head over and download that for free right now. Monica, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And I hope that everybody who listens knows that they can do sales in their own way. They don't have to do it like somebody else is doing. And authenticity authenticity sells more than any discount. Another mic drop moment as we leave. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com. And I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going, and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name, and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.